This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. I love you, Mom. She's one of the most influential women in NASCAR. I love my mom. My sister Kelly always has my back. I couldn't be prouder of my daughter. I love my wife Kelly. She's my best friend. All right, welcome to this week's Fastlane family uh, here in the Exalta studio today. And as always, we're brought to you by Bedhead by TG. And I'm so excited. I got my three-peat guest in today. We're calling her. Um, Sherry Pox is here with me, uh, who is Miss Longtime. You need you need a new title besides longtime <laughs> girlfriend to Martin. Come on, Martin. I know. I was waiting <laughs> to see how you were going to introduce me. Usually um, people just say significant other, which I yeah. think sounds kind of professional. And I like significant I don't, other. Yeah. I don't think that we're ever going to get married. So should I just get it out there you now so well, people stop asking me? Yes. Because it's go been ahead. almost 11 years. Yeah. And lifetime, we still don't talk about it. And, and see, <laughs> if you say something like lifetime partner, I don't know how that sounds either. That kind of yeah. gives you the... Yeah, you know. I'm not sure about lifetime partner. Yeah. People that know you that you're female and male, it's good. Yeah, but that term's used a yeah. lot for the other situation. It is. So you know, yes, it's it, yeah, it's hard. I know. Um, I'm so. introducing Martin in Texas at this event because so what are you going to say? And I don't know. I think I was <laughs> thinking all night last night. How am I going to introduce him? Because I boyfriend just sounds so middle school. We have to Google that. <laughs> yeah, We're going to we'll have, have to Google it. And I think I'm just going to say my better half, yeah. but usually it's the other way around. So right. <laughs> I was like, oh, that doesn't sound very good either. Well, if you both just um, say that that's how you're going to introduce each other, yeah. you know, that'll work. Yeah. Martin just says girlfriend. He doesn't care. <laughs> he could care less. He's a typical guy. Yeah. So um, she has way many more titles than that. You on Lavender Boutique, lots of stuff going on with you, and I'm proud to say an ovarian cancer survivor. We're going to talk about all those things. The last time we had you on, you were here kind of just in the beginnings of your diagnosis and everything that's going on. And I know you have um, probably, not that you mind sharing the story, but you've Mm-mm. shared it for you know, <laughs> this whole last year and lived it. Meanwhile, and I want to focus on some of the things that, you know, you're doing and in, in, in the activism and things that you're doing and the okay. things you're doing in our community and all that mm-hmm. good stuff to, to talk about and, and just see how that process has been. So since it has been quite so long, I, I was just curious, the um, your year and, and going through chemo mm-hmm. and that balance and, and still going along and supporting Martin and all this kind of things and travel because you have fared this <laughs> looking from the outside. I mean, girl, yeah. you're a freaking tough fighter. <laughs> I, I'm a pretty tough chick. I um, I did 17 straight months of chemotherapy, and I still traveled. So, I, had, I mean, I had my days. You know, in the beginning, the first initial six months of my really intense chemotherapy, I didn't travel as much. I went to, like, two or three races. Um, I really didn't have the energy to even leave the house that, during that treatment. And then it got a little easier as I got into what they call your maintenance program, which is not typical for ovarian cancer. I don't want to be a candidate for it. I don't want to advertise it because it's not something that everybody does. It's, it's a choice that you can make with your health. I chose to do 12 additional months chemotherapy and at uh, once a month and I think it's the best chance that I have at progression free survival which is time before my disease comes back because we know that with ovarian cancer our recurrence rate is very high it's actually 80 percent in two years so those aren't great statistics so I chose to do an extra year of chemotherapy and throughout that time it was much easier for me to travel you know I think it's a lot of it is mental you know as your mindset you just have to wake up every day and make the best of it I mean cancer sucks for everybody it's not fun but you know there's a millions of Americans that are living with it and I'm no different than them. So I just tried to maintain a normal life and exercise and take good care of myself and eat right. And, and I think all those things played in my favor and helped yeah. me too. What do you think, um, you know, specifically some of the things that you've done that you really, you know, believe that have, have helped you? Yeah. I walk in our motor home and she's juicing and yeah. 
going crazy. That's a huge part of it. I, I'm a true believer that I diet. I admire it. I admire yes, it. Yes, diet. <laughs> I had the time. Yes, diet is a huge part of it. Well, I that part of my life I had to change. Yeah. Time management and stress I had to change because I, I realized really fast that I, I cannot own a business, run a foundation, travel full time with Martin and have a personal life. It's just not possible. There's not enough of me. So I had to figure out the time management part and the stress is a huge part of cancer. It's 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 known fact that stress causes inflammation in your body. So it's you have to find a way to get get rid of that and to make some time for yourself. And it was the first time in my life, to be honest, that I've ever done that, that I've ever put myself first. I always put everybody else in front of myself. And and it was the first time I really said, you know what, it's time to take care of myself. And if I don't get better, the alternative is I'm going to die. And it's just not an option for me right now. <laughs> I'm just too young and I have too much to still do here. So um, the juicing, yeah, that's a huge part of it. I do a lot of green smoothies. I eat a lot of anti-inflammatory foods. So I eat a lot of turmeric root and ginger. Um, I cook very, mostly vegan. I mean, I do a little bit of organic fish and chicken, but not much. Um, a lot of plant-based foods, really. I did acupuncture. I do yoga, meditation, Pilates. Um, and then on top of all of that, I, t I have a huge supplement program that I'm on too. So I take a lot of different supplements to keep my body going so that I have the energy that I have when you always see me. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so that's a huge part of it. You know, I mean, you, you have to you have to find a plan that works best for you and whatever that plan is, you know, you have to stick to it. You, you really can't go off the, the beaten path with it because and everybody's not, gonna, different, right? Everybody's body's different. Things work differently yes. for different people. I am starting a website called sherrystrong.org through our foundation. It's going to be a website for ovarian cancer survivors. Really anybody that's going through cancer, but it's going to specifically have some stuff about gynecological cancers. And there's going to be a lot of information on there and recipes and stuff about diet and exercise and supplements and juicing and things that you can do. But I just, I guess I want to caution people that it's not the same for everybody. It's different for everyone. So you just have to find what works for you and, and maybe take little snippets of what people tell you and then find out, build a plan around your health and with your healthcare providers and figure out what works for you. Cause the when medical community is... Everybody's got an opinion. Well, I was so. going to ask you about that. So, so how did you help find that kind of stuff, you know, in, in working with your oncologist and, and yeah. your team of doctors? Well, my oncologist is is a, an amazing man. I love him so much, but he's not into the alternative side of medicine. So that really I had to, I had to seek outside of his care. Most of it I did on the internet, talking to other survivors. I went to a lot of different message boards. I talked to a lot of functional medicine people, you know, Dr. Mark. Yep. Um, I talked to him. Um, I did a lot of blood tests to see what food allergies I had. And so my body is anti-inflammatory. I'm not eating foods that are making, you know, inflaming making my body want to, yeah. right? Because yeah. what I think what we don't know and, and not, I'm not trying to turn this into like a health lesson or anything, but 80% of our immune system is in our gut. So if your gut is unhealthy, then you're probably not healthy. Yeah. And I had a really unhealthy gut. I was always had stomach aches. I always had issues. So I didn't realize that I think now that probably contributed to my cancer. Um, but uh, you know, I, I did a lot of research. I probably spend a good 60, 70% of my time on the internet researching my disease. Yeah. So I think you either are completely invested in your health and figuring out what you can do to survive when you get a diagnosis like like mine, which is not very good. You know, my survival rate over five years is terrible. I think it's like 30%. So you either figure out really quick what you can do to survive and give it the best shot you've got, or you just do what the doctors tell you to do and you don't do anything else. And you know, I don't know. The outcome is different for everybody. Some people get lucky and survive it and some don't. Right. Exactly. I, d I just wanted to do everything I could possibly do to give myself the best chance at beating my disease. And then if it came back and eventually you know, took my life one day, then I did everything I could to, right. to try to beat it and it right. didn't work. Yeah.
Well, yeah. your attitude about it is just incredible um, because you're, you, no matter whether it's cancer or not, your mindset for the day <laughs> <laughs> makes or yeah. breaks you, right? Yeah, I mean, it, do, it doesn't matter whether you're going to market for lavender or yep. whether you're in a conversation with Martin or whatever yeah. it is. It no, just, I tell people every day, you wake up and you choose your attitude every day. Mm -hmm. You choose your mindset and you can choose joy. And if you choose it, then that's the way you're going to live your life. If you wake up every day and you choose to be pissed off that you have cancer then you're probably going to be angry all day because yeah. I don't want to have cancer either. I mean, none of us do. None of us want to have any kind of debilitating disease, yep. but it's reality. I try to tell my kids that, especially my 10 mm -hmm. year old, you know, she's, she's kind of habitual for like, just complain <laughs> and nothing goes her way. Kind of she's thing. a and pessimist. I'm like, well, yes and no. Yeah. I, I mean, she, she is in a sense, and she's always just got to find that one little thing that, mm -hmm. you know, like 99% of it's good. And then there's this one thing and I'm yeah. like, Kennedy, you know, you can, you can decide that differently, you yeah. know, and, and you can, in your mm -hmm. mind, take that a different direction. So, I can't believe she's 10. Um, I remember when she was a baby. I know. Why? Like it's already right four. That's crazy. I know. Gosh, it makes me feel old. <laughs> I've been around for a while. <laughs> Oh, well, you just said 11 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. We've known each know. other. <laughs> I know. Seriously. It's, it's been a while. Um, yeah, passing fast. So mm -hmm. now you're still in maintenance. Uh, no, I'm no done. Maintenance I finished. All, so you're done. So yeah. no radiation, no anything. No, okay. I never had radiation. They they don't typically do radiation for ovarian cancer. They do it a lot with cervical. It was never an option for me. I had an eight-hour debulking surgery and then went right into my chemotherapy yeah. like a month after that. So And then did 17 months straight. So I finished January 11th. So I'm like, you know, a month and a half out. You, I mean, you really don't get the drug out of your system till like a couple weeks after you get it, you know? So really like February was start of like rebuilding my body like and getting myself, you. yes, like <laughs> detoxing my body and getting all the, the toxins from the drugs out of my system. So, you know, every month that goes by, I get, I feel a little more like my old self and I get a little bit more of my energy back and I just, I just live every day, you know, to the fullest. I don't even think about it. So the good lifestyle stuff is just to staying with you daily and then kind yes. of what's your checkup schedule? Or so like my checkups, six months no, I go every three often. months. Yeah. Three months. Every three months for blood work and a little checkup with my doctor to no, no scans right now, just because they don't want to expose me to the radiation. It's not good for you. Yeah. Um, I think unless you're having symptoms, there's no reason to scan you. We all have cancer cells in our body. We all, you know, it's just a matter of whether or not something is triggering them. And so for me, the most important thing right now now is just keep them laying dormant in my system so that they nothing's triggering them. Yeah. Um, I think if I can do that through diet and exercise and all these other things and then, you know, I'll be in good shape. But, you, you know, you can say all that, but you still don't know, you know, you know it could it's something that you, you don't know could cause it yeah. to come back. It is so that's so, a scary part yeah. about cancer. It's our bodies are just so mysterious, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. So, I mean, you can learn all this stuff and you read all this stuff. And I, I'm thinking right now of L-Dub's 92-year-old grandmother mm -hmm. who she's passed away a year. Cheetos for dinner, strawberry milk, smoked the little brown cigarettes most of her life. Yeah. All those things that she mm -hmm. did and the way she ate and... You know, 92. Yeah, Martin's <laughs> grandmother was the same way. She was like 87. And she smoked three packs of cigarettes a day, ate nothing but bacon for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She drank. She did everything she wasn't supposed to do, and she lived forever. But you have to remember, too, that I, I do think a lot of it is genetics and our bodies. And I think you have to remember, too, that, like, you know, 50 years ago, we didn't have organic food because we weren't putting GMOs in our food, and our food was natural. It was growing in a natural state, right? We, yeah. weren't, we didn't have yeah. all these added hormones and antibiotics and all this stuff that we have now. So now it's like you have to make a conscious effort to, to grow your own food or to buy organic 
Whereas they, they didn't have that. They never had to worry about that. Yeah. And a lot of them lived off the land back then and lived, had their own farms. And it just was a different time too. So yeah. I think that you kind of have to factor that into it. But I think genes is a huge yeah. place that everybody in my family's died from cancer. So yeah, it's the not food, good for me. <laughs> the food production <laughs> aspect has definitely changed. Yeah. And, you know, I think the, the idea of how to grow more and yeah. make more and do more yep. with all the things that mm-hmm. they're, they're doing is definitely different than, you know, when these two ladies were speaking of were zero to yep. 50, you know, yep. they exactly. were, you know, you had your cows outside eating grass mm-hmm. and that was it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole, that's like a whole nother show. You know, we could talk about GMO <laughs> foods and how don't, uh, if you get me going on a soapbox, Martin's like, don't yeah, even get her started because <laughs> we now grow our, all of our own food and everything. And we don't, everything comes from farmers that we know. So uh, I'm like the Nazi about it in our yeah. house now. So yeah. we just, he just leaves me alone, lets me do my thing. He just shuts up and eats. <laughs> just eats. He just eats whatever's on the table. What's in the fridge. Hey, at least it's clean and organic. That's right. Right. <laughs> At least he knows he, you're taking care of him at the same <laughs> yeah. time. And he just, he really, he's, he's got just it benefiting from it. He doesn't have to do anything. No, he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. No. It's exactly. pretty much been his whole 10 years of his life, last 10 years of his <laughs> life. <laughs> Nothing changes much. Oh, on that note about this making stuff. So your girlfriend is doing this deodorant. I'm loving um, by the way. Oh, yeah. Deodorant. The Evelyn K Club. And you shut it? her website down like she didn't have enough bandwidth. <laughs> well, you, you retweeted it too. So, <laughs> oh, I, so knew, I shut it down. I knew the minute you retweeted it, I was in trouble. So, oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, that was cool. So, Jessie Benningfield is it. She's a dear friend of mine. She's actually, her husband is my chiropractor. They are the ones that really kind of took me under their wing when I got sick and they would bring me food to my house every single night at six o'clock after they would leave their office and they would drop off like healthy, organic, clean food every night because they were trying to rebuild my body. They taught me about supplements and put me on my initial supplement plan. They told me about this thing called a Rife machine that you can hook up that can help with the the frequencies of cancer cells. They did all these things to me and I had no idea what they were doing. And now I'm educated about them and I'm like, I'm so grateful that I had them in my life because I didn't know and I was so overwhelmed with my cancer that I didn't even have time to research any of that stuff. Um, And then so, so Jesse is very passionate about cancer prevention and teaching young women how to take care of their bodies and not to put chemicals on their bodies in the form of lotion, deodorant, all these things that we use every day, cosmetics that we don't think anything of. But, you know, when you put something on your skin, it takes 27 seconds for your body to absorb it Wow! and for it to go into your system. So those toxins are always floating through your body. It's not good for you. We know that. It's been proven through science. And having an aluminum-free, all-natural, organic coconut oil deodorant is like, I've been looking for that for the past five years and I haven't been able to one find that one. Works. One that works. <laughs> so the first couple weeks that I used it, I have, do have to caution people, the first couple weeks you use it, you will kind of detox your body. I did, I did stink a little the first couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. And I sweat a lot. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work for me. And she's like, you have to give it a little time. Stick you got to stick with it. Let your body just detox all those chemicals that are coming out of your actually lymph nodes, which is kind of disgusting because there's, 